everybody to another episode of your therapist playlist i'm 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 still kind of sad i have to actually think about what the name of our podcast is at this point it's been two months three months yeah three months now already at this point damn it's only been three months it feels like it's been longer yeah i don't know anymore maybe it's been three and a quarter yeah let's go with that i feel like we've made so much progress now and special announcement to the listeners you're going to be getting us a lot more frequently because we're going to move over to weekly episodes yay it's gonna be exciting yes but before we jump into all that fun stuff my name is matt my name is anna and we'd like to welcome all of our listeners both new and old back to the show thank you guys for checking us out subscribing and recommending to your friends of course we really appreciate the support uh let's just jump into things Anna how you been I've been pretty good um I'm adjusting right now because we usually record we usually record on the weekend and it's like okay it's Friday but it feels midweek to me yeah it feels like the middle of the week even though it's literally friday but it's a big weekend because of you know mother's day so i have family coming up to visit i have uh, my stepkids had them since wednesday night Mm -hmm. and then we have them until sunday morning actually so big weekend with them oh so i was a big hit last night because i cooked something different i made baked pork chops shake and bake pork chops but, it, okay. but I like I put a lot of thought into it, okay? Because I cut out all the fat and there, so they were like sort of like sh- strips and then they like everything crispy. So then I like overbaked them. Mm-hmm. Um, I made them uh, mac and cheese. I made them edamame. So they had like options. Lots of lots of raving reviews for okay. that meal. <laughs> did you, like what kind of pork chop did you make? Was it like the pork shoulder or like the regular like meat chops? They're like the thin, thin cut okay. um, pork chops. And I gave them, I think they each got two. Of course, they were like very like, oh, can we use ketchup? And but I was like, use whatever you want. I don't care. You know, ketchup, barbecue sauce. They used a lot of barbecue sauce, which okay. I never really would think of with baked pork chops. But, you know, whatever. Teach their own. And the mac and cheese got destroyed. So yeah. <laughs> the barbecue sauce makes sense. I don't think I've ever thought about catch i don't i'm not a condiment person so ketchup mayonnaise mustard i'm just like <laughs> your world squirrel that's it you more <laughs> are you like one of those like plain burger oh yeah that's my jam right there it's all about <laughs> seasoning. that's what it's really about to me it's a plain burger <laughs> you know it's <laughs> funny whenever like i go through drive throughs and sometimes not all the time i'd say like maybe 15 percent of the time when I mentioned that I want a plain cheeseburger, they'll ask, so does that mean you want the cheese on it? <laughs> so I guess for them, and to me a little bit, it makes sense. But if I'm saying I want a plain cheeseburger, then that means I want the cheese too. Everything else I don't want. Oh, yes. But I'm certain that there are many people who have ordered cheeseburgers and then been upset about cheese being on them. I don't get them. I'm with you guys. This is where I join the condiment people and judging them like, 
the fuck? Just order a regular ass hamburger. <laughs> yeah, but I no, people are just difficult. So, which is why, again, I could never work in customer service and have never worked in customer service. One would say that we do work in customer service, though, as therapists. Which ah, is- yes, I think like a little bit, but I'm, hmm, I'm not that great at it with (laughs) private practice like if I don't like something or I don't agree with something I'm just like now I'm done here's a referral thank you (laughs) I feel like I've gotten better I want to say better but a better word came to my mind I feel like I've grown more patient in being able to provide customer service I don't think I was that bad at it before of course sometimes you get anxious but now I feel like I'm a lot more patient when people find themselves frustrated or annoyed about certain things, unless it's something that they have prior knowledge and information about. And now they're just kind of crying about how, oh my God, no, this isn't fair. Da, 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 da. And it's just like, but, <laughs> well, look at the consequences of my own actions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Um, <laughs> as far as myself, I was, I think I was texting you on a earlier this week and I was telling a few people about this, but I just realized this past week that I have been for at least the last month and a quarter dealing with one or two crises per week. And since realizing that, I feel like my body and my mind were like, yeah, no, we're done. Let's finish this shit up right. So we finished this shit up right. And now I feel like I am slowly coming back to a place where I'm not as stressed, not as tired, not as much focused on how to help people solve their own issues and problems, which doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just like over being a therapist. It just means I'm experiencing a little bit of maybe compassion fatigue, which at least for me, because I work two jobs now, it worked out because at one job, I got to terminate with most of my clients. Um, I work in the uh, higher education setting. So it was a natural kind of end. So that was where a lot of the crises were kind of like being handled and managed. But private practice, it hasn't been bad at all. So I'm thankful for that. Personally, I'm doing okay. Uh, my mom's birthday, shout out to my mother, was last, well, this past Wednesday. We went out on Sunday to celebrate. I couldn't be there for the actual birthday because I had to work. Feels good to be getting back to hobbies that I'm interested in. I just started my first French class, thanks to Anna giving me a referral to the Preply website. Oh, is it Preply? I thought it was Preply. <laughs> no, I don't know. They it's, should teach you how to pronounce the name of the app. Yeah. And- <laughs> We will learn how to do so if they sponsor us. Mm. That'd be awesome. I love that app. I like my tutor. His name's Ricardo. (laughs) Mine's name is Isaac. Isaac. And then I have a vocal guy that I'm supposed to be meeting up with at seven, Panache. And it's been cool so far. I'm going to try and think about maybe doing each on alternative weeks because I want to make sure that I'm enjoying things that I like, but not putting pressure on myself to do things like French and vocal every week because I still need to acclimate to getting to not having much of like a very strict schedule or balance of work to do. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I'm cool. Got my kittens uh, spayed and neutered finally, which I'm happy about. No incest in this house, baby. And just watching 
different TV shows, listening to new music, and getting ready to pod for today because we have a very special episode. We are going to be giving all of our love and support to the mothers and mother figures out there. Yes, mother figures. I mean, a mother figure could be anyone. It could be a dad. It could be aunt, uncle, grandparent, neighbor, mm-hmm. cousin, sibling. Even a younger sibling or a younger cousin. Like, as long as you are providing or somehow giving people maternal vibes, maternal energy, maternal structure, this episode's for you. And the biological moms, of course, you guys are getting the bulk of the support because, you know, you guys are the moms. And the transgender mothers, too. You guys are getting love, too. Everybody's getting love. Everybody, yeah. If you identify as a mom, you're getting love. If you have thought about, hey, I've given somebody motherly support before, this episode is for you. Exactly. We're trying to be, like, completely inclusive. Yes, you read my mind. I was just going to say that word, too. All right. Anna, would you like to tell our listeners what songs we will be going over today? Yeah. So Matt's song choice for today was Hey Mama by Kanye West. And mine is actually a song by Cher. And it is called, I can't believe it, I'm blinking because. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. It's called We All Sleep Alone. I want to make sure I like get the title right. So We All Sleep Alone. It's off the Believe album and I'll go into more detail later when it's my turn. But Matt is starting us off today with his Kanye West song. Yes. Before we jump into that, though, though <laughs> using my hood slang, <laughs> um, Anna and I put a lot of thought into this episode, and we made sure that we put one specific contingency onto it, meaning that when it comes to song selections, we cannot go with the timeless, classic, and also overplayed Tupac Dear Mama song. We made that agreement like it was like telepathically because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was thinking it and then you texted me that exact statement that we're not allowed to pick that song. So like it's a good song. Don't get me wrong, but I've had to hear that song every year for Mother's Day for maybe it came out when I was like three or four years old. Not a bad thing at all, but after a certain point, you hear it in a lot of different Black movies, television shows, documentaries. You hear people talk about it. You listen to it on the radio all the time. After a certain point, it's like, I get it. I get it. Tupac really loved his mom. Rest in peace to both. I will never disrespect the Shakur family. And at the same time, I think it's time that we find more songs to give validation towards and support towards because there are some really I never thought about it until you mentioned uh this for a theme for the episode there are a lot of good mother songs out there yeah there's a lot I mean well I even made you a little playlist like Mm -hmm. mom song playlist I was finding a lot of country there's a lot of country songs about moms but there's a lot I mean every boy band too also has done like some sort of like thank you to their mom song justin bieber did a song about his mom yeah Um, it's just uh kind of a common thing but you know what matt what's up how many songs do we hear about dads that are positive beyonce has a song called daddy um nas has a song that's a tribute to his dad no from eminem on both although he did make a reconciliation song with his mom after she passed 
I feel like there are some there and we already have the theme for the Father's Day episode. So <laughs> we'll be able to get to that. We will actually answer that question in future episodes. So actually be on the lookout for that because if there isn't, we're going to get to the bottom of it and not just talk about songs, but talk about the psychoanalysis of why there may not be. Ooh, fire. It's going to be a good episode. It was that Father's Day in that March, right? Oh, God. <laughs> that was next month. Jude? Wait, it's Jude? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I get Father's Day and my dad's birthday confused. Oh, I'm sorry to the dads out there. <laughs> Father's Day and my dad's birthday, I always get them confused because, like, to me, it's like the same holiday. So I'm just, and my dad's birthday's in March, I think. It's, <laughs> yeah. so, it's so funny you said that because, of course, how we were just about to ride for the dads. But then also, I remember a few years back, me and my sister. We were, I don't know, I think we had either gotten some stuff for our dad or went out to dinner with him or lunch or something. And he was making a comment, like, I think maybe a week or two beforehand about how people don't appreciate Father's Day and how they give fathers week gifts. And me and my sister looked at each other like, then what the fuck are we planning this day for? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get started, though. Um, again, my song for this week is Kanye West. Uh, hey Mama off of his late registration album. Again, when it came to thinking about songs to pick for this week, I wanted to pick something that wasn't anything related to Tupac's Dear Mama. Unfortunately, though, after I thought about what other songs are out there for Mamas, I thought, Hey Mama, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pick something that I guess is a parody of that song, and luckily I didn't. This song is very, very soulful. It has a very joyous, celebratory, I guess, I was thinking aesthetic, but aesthetic isn't actually worth that can go with music, I don't think. I don't know. But it really, when I listened to it, and when I listened to it for the first time, it felt very positive. It was something that I don't think I expected from the album itself. I mean, I knew that at the time Kanye West loved his mom, but I don't think I was expecting such a very happy positive song to be what probably was at the uh rising climax of the album it was just very innocent and wholesome and that's what i think came to mind for me when i recommended it for our show for today throughout the course of the song the one thing i can say that i noticed was that there was a lot of childhood influences not necessarily with the lyrics, but with the instrumentation of choice that he utilized. Within, I think, probably the first verse, you're hearing the la 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 la. And for me, it reminded me of how nostalgic it could be hearing that sound because, of course, you're hearing it from like some of the nursery toys that you often would play with. It's either in your crib with whatever those dangly things are that kind of circle around and you know what that's called, Anna? I don't remember. Uh, mobiles. Yes, the mo that's what they were called, mobiles. I never knew that. Thank you. And just really being a baby or an infant or a child and hearing that sound brought you comfort. And more likely than not, the person who would sing the la-la-las while they're holding you or nursing you or trying to comfort you, your mom. I personally still to this day, I am 31 and I am only now becoming a little more comfortable saying the word mom, 
I still call my mom mommy most of the times. That's just me. <laughs> Grown ass man here calling his mom mommy, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. And that's what I also liked about the song too. Kanye does not hold back how much love, adoration and respect he has for his mother. When I listen to the lyrics of the song, it kind of reminds me of how a mother often tries to praise her child. But for this song in particular, it's the inverse. I think at the time Kanye was really proud of his mom for getting her doctorate, going through school and doing it again in her adult life when she didn't really have to do anything. I mean, you just made one of the most popular rappers of our generation who is becoming successful, who is doing so much when it comes to crafting songs for an old artist, new artist alike, creating his own body of work. I mean, she could just sit back and kick her feet up and just say, look, this is what I did. But she went out and decided to accomplish more for herself. And that was something that I think was really cool to see Kanye really do a tribute for, giving praise to somebody who went out of her way to, of course, not only provide it because that's her son, but do it because of how much unconditional love she has for him. And it's not often that we get to see that type of praise within hip hop rap. For the most part, a lot of rap songs can be a bit braggadocious of different acclaim, different uh, statuses, different things that they've acquired. But in this song in itself, it was almost like it was positive braggadocio about how much of a good parent he had. He even starts off the song saying, I'm gonna tell you about my mama if y'all don't mind. And who knows Kanye West to be polite? <laughs> he asked for permission to brag about his mom. Again, you don't get two of those things that often within hip hop and rap music. Somebody who is politely asking for your respect to listen and hear about the praise he's gonna give, and especially to a woman. I'm just saying, Money, Money Cars, Hoes was one song, I think, by Ja Rule, Jay-Z. And then Jay-Z just came out and said that he regrets the song Big Pimpin'. You don't get artists who often have that level of insight to say, hey, I'm going to take a moment to actually say something positive about a strong, powerful woman figure in my life, my mother. Again, Tupac did put out Dear Mama. Like, <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> yeah, Tupac. I thought I was giving a hot take. <laughs> But no, I feel like that has been a part of hip hop for quite some time. Kanye West did not ever come out with that type of presentation to listeners, to the fans. He was like, look, I'm this guy who likes varied things. I'm an alternative guy, if you will, a hipster guy, if you will. And yeah, I love my mom. Grew up in the hood and this is who she was for me. That She was my idol. She was my role model. She was so many things for me and more. And this is the love that I have for her. So that is a hot take. Yeah, no tough guys. Just a normal guy saying, yeah, I love my mom. Throughout the song, you can hear the level of devotion he has towards her, especially I believe within the second and third verses where in the second verse, he more so talks about his dedication to why he wants to find success within his life so that he can showcase to her that everything that she put forth in terms of raising him wasn't in vain. One of the things that he kind of touches on was how she had encouraged him to go back to school and get his doctorate degree. And what, not sure, would have been fantastic to see if that, if that would have occurred in a parallel reality. And Kanye did not take the advice. He continued to grind, he continued to hustle to become the person that he is today. 
And even before he became that person, she still unconditionally supported him and said, look, I'm still here. I still got your back. I still support you. And again, how often do you get that kind of relationship within music today? A lot of times when it comes to sometimes these teen stars or these young pop stars who get started into the entertainment or music fields, you may or may not run into a few parents who are very controlling and manipulative of what their children are making, earning, and also trying to find a way to exploit them in very heinous ways that capitalize off of their children's success. She did not. She wanted more for him, yes, but she also supported his decision to go after one of his passions. And again, how often do you get that from a parent? I feel like most times with parenting, you have to make a you have to make a really strong decision when it comes to supporting your child's dreams or asking them to be realistic. And yes, there's a nuance between those two, but I feel like most people try to go between the dichotomies of those two choices, either be realistic or shoot for your dreams. And for the most part, it's mostly be realistic. Not with her though. And I think that's really cool and shows how much she really believed in him. I mean, again, how often do you get that? You could also say that that is what reinforced the drive as to why he worked so hard to become what he is today. This isn't going to be a Kanye West bashing episode because one could say that the amount of support that she gave him may have, I don't know, reinforced some narcissistic traits and tendencies. But hey, <laughs> I mean, what, what are you supposed to do as a parent? Are you supposed to shit on your kid all the time or, you know, provide them with real support and give them the confidence that they need to excel. I don't know what Donda West did or his father Ray West did when it came to rearing and I'm not gonna judge that. All I can say is, again, this song is about love and support from my mom and it's really cool to kind of hear about. In the third verse itself, that's when we start kind of coming back to the typical rap uh, tropes and stereotypes, him talking about what he's gonna buy her, what he's going to bestow upon her, whether it be a house, a G-Wagon, nice necklace, rings. And again, it may be something that is typical, but again, going with the theme of the song and how much thought he's put into these lyrics, they're more so tokens of appreciation that again, indicate that this is how hard I want to work, not just for my own success to feel as if I've made it, but to show you that all the work that you've put into me, into our relationship and trying to make sure that I'm afloat I want to show you that this is what I can provide for us, for you, because you deserve it. There's no man that you've ever put before me or above me. And again, how often can you really say that about certain relationships where parents are putting their partners before their child? She made a distinct decision to not do that. And it was one that worked out in his benefit. The other thing that really caught my ear was around the second or third verse where they started to make not necessarily the la-la-la sounds, but more so nursery jingle sounds. I never really consciously noticed this for most of my life up until recently when I started to think about the song and really get into analyzing it. It's so comforting and relaxing. I honestly, at a certain point, after listening to this song a few times, wanted to go to sleep as if I was in my crib in my nursery and I felt safe and snug like my mom was here or a mother figure was here or anybody who I felt I could receive maternal support from was here just comforting me. And again, I've had a long month and some change. I needed to hear that sound. So maybe it was just me looking for it. 
and not expecting to hear it, but subconsciously it came up and it was like, yes, this rejuvenates me. This makes me feel really, really good. And I can't help but to wonder if that was intentional by Kanye himself. I don't know. The guy can sometimes be very innovative and creative when it comes to how he orchestrates things. Of course, with it being Kanye, even though he is pretty confident and self-assured, there are those moments where he is vulnerable enough to admit that there's some self-doubt in terms of what he can continue to manifest for himself, what he can do to continue to prove his love towards her. And again, that goes back into the type of relationship they had, because even if there is self-doubt, she was there for him. She supports him. She wants to be there for him. I would go as far to say that if Kanye only became half of the success that he was, she'd still be proud of him. And that's something that I think is very powerful to say and maybe reconcile about relationships like this from celebrities who become very popular and maintain a very strong uh, familial connection or parental support. What about you, Anna? I definitely had the same thought about the style of the song being kind mm-hmm. of like a like a nursery rhyme and then but also very soulful. It almost felt like I was like in church though at the same time. Like it was yeah. just very joyful, very very soulful, um, very positive. It made me it reminded me of his song Family Business. Yeah, I forgot about well no, how could I forget about that? It yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> this song I had never heard before though, and but it it was like, oh, this is like a nice song, like family business. Like it's a, yeah. another nice song that he wrote. Um and I had always like heard that he had a close relationship with his mom. It made me kind of sad because I guess not to get too much into Kanye because I really don't know a lot about him, but just mental health wise, it seemed like there's a huge decline after she passed away. Where like I, I, I he has like a more severe mental illness so i think it was always always been present just kind of like not you know hadn't really uh manifested yeah as much until later in life and i think that when his mom passed away it definitely accelerated a little insight for the listeners and you anna originally when i was thinking about songs from mother's day i went to his 808s and heartbreak album and i was going to choose one of the saddest songs on there but i was like yeah don't think that would be appropriate i actually have found like some <laughs> when i was looking for my song i found some sad songs too and i was like wait a minute no nah, <laughs> i mean there's no you know you know if i want to acknowledge there are a lot of people whose moms have passed away and and mother's day i think is is always going to be a reminder you know but i i do think that most people try would try to think of like the positive mem- memories or happy memories i don't i don't know if anyone their mom passed away they'd want to sit and listen to a sad song about it but i don't know some people do find that therapeutic but for the people who are curious my other choice would have been uh coldest winter the last song on the 808 sin heartbreak album Anna, check it out when you can but again sad as fuck <laughs> i'll have to check it out i never heard of that so i'm assuming that's after she passed away mm-hmm. that's all. yeah uh and it would be interesting contrast from this song but I don't know. I'll check it out. Definitely will. <laughs> but more about the song. It did. I, I felt like it was, it was very genuine. I never felt like he was just making the song to make the song or to even be, what's the word you always use? Like braggadocious. It didn't. Yeah. yeah. He's bragging about his mom, but it wasn't 
not like attention sinking. Yeah. You know, I didn't get that vibe at all. I, I, I felt that it was very genuine. And then plus it's just like widely known how much he loved his mom. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Kind of make a song about his mom. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, it also felt like he was very like open too about the relationship and he gives you a little bit of their history, like things that I, I didn't know about his life. Because, you know, anyone can just make a song about their mom and just be like, oh, she loves me and whatever. But he provides specific examples of, of behaviors and yeah, like like behaviors that showed that she loved him, which is important because... Another thing when we're talking about mother figures and moms, I mean, there's a lot of people out there whose moms, you know, tend to be more on the narcissistic side and Mm -hmm. words, thoughts, actions, behaviors don't always match up. And for a kid, that's confusing. But for Kanye, like you said, he has a very high Mm self-esteem. So you can (laughs) see that his mom did not attribute to a low (laughs) self-esteem. She she did not confuse him uh, with her feelings for him. You know, she, and, and that's to get in, you know, a little bit more in depth with like our, our mental health conversation for today and for this topic. I think that's important for any, like you said, maternal figure, just parent in general to make sure that their child is not confused by how they feel about them, that they love them unconditionally. And so like nar- narcissism is an example I use because with narcissistic parents, then the love is conditional. It's what, you know, what can you do for me or, you know, what sort of attention can I get for your existence as being my child, you know? But I don't get that vibe with Kanye when he's talking about his mom. <laughs> Seems what? like genuine yeah one of the like most innocent lines in the song that I didn't really think I was going to talk about but really sounded very wholesome and speaks to this was how he said and I think the first verse famous homemade chicken soup can I have another bowl like moms nourish their kids you know it you know it I know it listeners you guys know it for the most part a maternal figure that is strong in your life she was trying to make sure that you are good physically did you eat how much did you eat? Take your vitamins, you drinking water. When was the last time you ate? Did you skip a meal? You better go in the kitchen and get something to eat. Like just hearing that made me think, well, yeah, there are really good, strong parental guardian figures who, again, for the small stuff that you overlook, this is what they're thinking about in terms of your health, trying to make sure that you're good. And it's so cool and nice to think about because like Anna was saying, it's a part of a positive behavior, a chain of behaviors that demonstrates consistency in people. As much as we sometimes fall away from consistency, we really enjoy consistency, especially when it comes from other people. Yeah, and especially like kids. Kids need consistency, they need structure, they need to know that they're safe, right? And so part of that is that, like you said, someone who has that maternal instinct, whether they are biological mom or any other type of family member, relation, friend, family friend it doesn't matter a kid is going to appreciate and love and respect anyone any adult that is consistent about making sure that they're safe and they're cared for and that their needs are being met you know because not every because and Kanye doesn't talk about that either he doesn't talk about like all of the things that his mom like bought him or the things she took him to do or you know not 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 really anything material it's more about the support that she provided and like how he knows that she she loves him. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's what's important with parenting. I only learned recently, and that's because Kanye had became more vocal about the things she did for him. She was an English professor, I believe, and there would be certain points where she would have to move to, of course, work at different colleges. I think at one point they moved to either Japan or China, and he just got so much exposure to different cultures, too, which is why he's so eclectic when it comes to his clothing style, his music taste. And I think that that was one of the things that one who was very limited in thinking would say like, oh man, that's kind of like superficial. No, it's not. When you find yourself an opportunity to expose your child to different perspectives, cultures, opinions, you're giving them the opportunity to see more about the world, see more about life and have them engage in opportunities where they can be more nuanced as a person. And that I, I can say about Kanye, he is very multifaceted when it comes to who he is as a person. Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew she was a professor, but I didn't know that they traveled out of the country and everything like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I highly recommend hearing that song or listening to that song if you haven't already. And if you want to be sad when it comes to losing a parent or losing a girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, listen to uh, 808's and Heartbreak album. Just don't, just don't blame me for it if you're really sad. Yeah, it, it, listen to it if it's going to be cathartic. Yeah, there, there are some good, like, upbeat songs, but I, I listen to it for the sad stuff. <laughs> All right, so it's my turn, right? Yes. Right, right, right. So my song is, <laughs> I keep forgetting the exact name of the title, <laughs> We All Sleep Alone by Cher. Okay, Cher sings it, but I actually did a little research on this song, and it was apparently it was written by Bon Jovi. Mm. That's what I found from the interwebs. Okay. It, it all said Bon Jovi and then like somebody else from like the original like Bon Jovi band or something like worked on this song and wrote the lyrics but anyway the way Cher sings it though is just like it's so passionate and feels to me it feels empowering and I know Matt when I picked this song you're probably thinking like what does that have to do with moms it isn't really it's not really like a mom song <laughs> not like singing about her mom well first of all okay my mom loves Cher so anytime I think of Cher, I think of my mom because she introduced me to Cher. She used to sing the I Got You Babe to me all the time because that was in my nickname when I was little. Or like, I guess it still is my nickname, mm. which is weird to me because my, my husband calls me that, which is like a normal like thing. Like babe? Yeah, like he calls me babe, but to me, it's like still my nickname from my childhood. So it throws me off a bit anyway. Um <laughs> Because, like, my mom's calling me that, and he's calling me that. So it's, like, it's not romantic. I hope he understands that. Have they ever called you babe at the same time? Probably. (laughs) Probably. I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to say no, because they've literally said things to me at the same time, like, in unison before. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you know what? And I think that was what they were saying. Because I remember I was at my cousin's wedding, and I was thirsty. And I was like, I'm thirsty. And then I think they both said, like, um, I think they, I think they both said at the same time, like, do you need some water, babe? And I was like, <laughs> and then I like froze. And my dad was standing next to me, and my dad and I just like looked at each other. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> and you were just like, back forth, back forth. Who to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, there's water in the car, and I'm like, okay, I'm, gonna I'm gonna go get that. <laughs> This is really weird. But anyway, yeah, so my mom, my mom loves Cher. I love Cher. She bought me the Believe album 
when it came out and I love that album I love pretty much all the songs on there this one is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and to me the message what's repeated throughout the song is because sooner or later we all sleep alone nobody nowhere holds the key to your heart when love is a possession it'll tear you tear you apart I love that line I love it because for me I think one of the most important lessons or one of the most important like areas of guidance that a parent particularly like mother to daughter lessons that can be taught is that self-love and Mm -hmm. that independence and autonomy. Part of parenting is preparing your children to be able to live on their own. You don't want to raise children to be a hundred percent reliant on you. You know, you, 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 that's neglectful, you know, that's not, that's not good parenting. You want to create a relationship where, you know, your children want to be around you. They want to see you. They want to talk to you. But you don't want to create a relationship where they're dependent on you as they get older. You also want to help your children become adults that are not dependent on others. That's part of, again, creating a strong person, helping to create a strong person. Yeah. Uh, and and this song is, to me, I, I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true. The lines, it, it is true. Everyone sleeps alone eventually. It's, you know, like you could be married for 50 years. My mom and dad, actually, their their 45th anniversary is tomorrow. So they're celebrating that as well as Mother's Day. But yeah, you could you could be with someone for decades, but eventually and yeah, it's sad, but eventually you're going to be alone. (laughs) And I think Matt, like part of one of the main things that we try to help our clients with, I mean, I know I'm working on it with a lot of my clients is learning to be okay being alone. From what I've learned as a clinician and like just what I've learned about psychology and everything like that, I think attachment has a huge, huge impact on an adult's ability to be able to feel okay, to feel safe and secure to being alone. And um, again, that's why I say I feel like it's a huge part of being a good parent, being a good mother is creating that secure attachment for your child and teaching them that it's okay to be alone. And it's, it's important for both genders, but I think for females, there's a, you know, more of a societal pressure to have someone take care of you. Yeah. I think we can agree upon that, you know, and there's societal pressures for men that you're supposed to be the caretaker. You're supposed to do this. But that's why I like this line in the song so much that when love is a possession, it'll tear you apart. Because for me, that goes both ways. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't, it, it can't be a possession. It can't be something to like gain and hold on to. And even between mother and child, you know, uh, what we were talking about with sort of like the narcissistic parents and sort of good parenting. It's like your child is not your possession you know, you, you want to foster your child's independence. You want them to feel safe and secure on their own. So I know I'm repeating that a lot, but I feel like it's important. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's, it's important because Matt, like you and I are the ones that are trying to pick up the pieces when this is not done properly. (laughs) And, and that's the, that's one of the toughest parts about being a therapist, realizing after a while, shit, I am a pseudo replacement for the father, mother, brother, sister that they never had, or cousin, or teacher, or mentor. (laughs) And then we have to juggle that all at once. Come on now. Come on. 
yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's a lot. So I know, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important. And Cher is like consistent about this throughout the whole song. And there's not there are no complex lyrics to this song. It's not a long song. You know, it's like the message that she's getting out and she gets it out. Well, I guess Bon Jovi's message since he wrote it. But Cher <laughs> is the one that like drives it in, you know, makes you feel it. And like you listen to it and you're like, no, you're right, Cher. You're right, Cher. We we uh, we do all sleep alone. And you know what? Love is not a possession. And then for me, when I hear the song, I feel really thankful. I feel really thankful that my parents helped to foster a good sense of or helped me have a good sense of security and self-esteem yeah. um, because I've, I've just seen when that's not done. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen what it looks like when parents don't do that and how much people struggle. And I, I feel so grateful, you know, that I'm not having those struggles because I, I know that my parents love me and loved me. I know that my family loves me and cares about me. And that's always been consistent. It's it's always been known. My mother has always been consistent about that. And what I like about her, because like as a stepmom, obviously, like I see how much I am like her. I am exactly like her, but I, I, I do have some of my dad too. So like my mom, she always is like say that she struggles with patience, like with teaching things or like she has low patience when she's teaching something or with attitude yeah. <laughs> or like disrespect. She has no patience for that. And for me, like as a stepmom, you have to have that patience you know, cause they're like not your kids. Yeah. So you have to be patient about everything. And it's amazing. Cause I know my mom has seen me deal with stuff before where she'd be like, I, I don't know how you did that. And she'll, she'll tell me like, she's like, I would have snapped after like three seconds and you sit there and you just are so calm. And I'm like, yeah, I think I get that from dad, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but from her, I definitely get that sense of like wanting to make sure that everybody is taken care of we talked about it a little bit with your song you know like the nourishment and everything like that like before my stepkids even take a step in this house like you know when we have them for a few days or they're the week it's like I'm already 10 steps ahead thinking okay you know all of the meals that I'm gonna make are written on a calendar for the for the week so they know like oh this is what we're gonna eat today this is what we're gonna eat for tomorrow this is what oh that day is a question mark that means we're probably gonna get takeout I'm, I'm already thinking about okay what days do they need do I need to make sure that they showered <laughs> what days do we need to make sure that they do their their laundry so they have clean clothes for the week does everyone have clothes that fits then I think okay I have I looked at the boys pants lately did the van did I pants too short are they too tight do they need new pants do the girls need new pajamas are those too tight do they need new shirts I just ordered a bunch of new pajamas and new pants for the kids but I'm constantly like assessing those things you know do they have do they have clean clothes do they have clothes that fit do their shoes fit do their shoes have holes because boys do not tell you when their shoes have holes they will wear them for months when you don't even know that they have holes in them or they're like poking them because they just don't say anything this is a lot like homework are they caught up on homework is that all good what fun things are we going to do this weekend are we going to do a movie night are we going to do some sort of outing Uh, I should make sure that we at least like go out for breakfast or lunch or something you know these are the all the things that you think of 
before they even get in the house. So that doesn't even take into consideration the <laughs> when they're here and you're handling like the sibling arguments and you're handling the that's not fair or what are we gonna do this or what are we gonna watch? What are we gonna like all of the little details? It's like you're constantly thinking ahead. And it's like, yeah, some days I'm not in a good mood. Sometimes I'm not in a good mood at all for like a few days, but, and it has nothing to do with them. And I make sure that they know that I could be in a horrible mood, but I make sure that I make them, you know, what I said I was going to make them for dinner. I make sure that they have snack night. I make sure we have movie night. I make sure that they still have every single thing that they need. Yeah. You know, and every night I still say, good night, I love you, you know, and I feel like that's one of the the biggest things that I got from my mom, because my mom was always not in the best mood either, because <laughs> 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 she was working like multiple jobs, you know, her and my dad both worked two jobs, and my mom also went back to school late in life, she went back to get her associates, I think she was like in her 40s when she went back for that while working two jobs, so yeah, I wouldn't have been in a good mood either, <laughs> like pretty often, but I still like through her behaviors and through her consistency, I still knew that she loved me and that she cared about me and that that was never going to change. Yeah. You know, like I said, that's what I like about the message from this song. It's about just, you know, realizing that, yeah, we're all going to be alone at some point, but if we have a security in our relationships and we know, you know, that we are loved by the people that matter. And we know that we love ourselves and that we, I don't know, like, you know, have that strength to keep yeah. going. Yeah. Share is all about that, like strength. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that you said that really, I think, stuck with me was, I think, about how much effort it takes to be a parental figure. Like, again, I'm a cat dad. <laughs> Weird to say. But I was just in the kitchen early when I got home making myself a PB&J for a snack. And... My boy, uh, Apollo, he loves to just put his head in the refrigerator and just look and just see what's there. And normally when he does that, I'll just say, "Uh, excuse me, need you to move. Thanks. I talk to them like they're my actual children. Now with baby speak with legitimate like conversations and talk to them. And I'm just like, I don't know who you think you are, but I appreciate you moving for me because, you know, I appreciate you and I love you, but sometimes you get on my nerves. And I was like, wait, I like this. One of my values that I am becoming much, much more in tune with is the value of communication. And in that moment, I was thinking to myself, I like how I am talking to this young little kitten, this young little guy, telling him, hey, I need you to move. And he moved. And then I expressed my frustration healthily because they both have been, well, I mean, they did just, they did just get spayed and neutered. So they, they're acting like little little brats a little bit. And also trying to be as patient as possible with them, setting boundaries and also communicating the fact that I still love them. And I was like, damn, if this is what it's like to be a parent, it's cool and it takes a lot of work. And I feel like you emphasize that point very, very well. Not that it's a lot of work in the negative sense, but it takes a lot of conscious effort. A lot of things that we do is people take a lot of conscious effort and we don't often think about how much preparation goes into becoming the people that we want to be. And I feel like your points definitely emphasize that. Yeah. And I think one of the main components too of being able to do that or being a good parental figure, a good mother figure, or just parent in general is, you know, however your, your feeling or your day is going, it's like, once you have kids or once you make that decision to have kids, 
or take on the responsibility of a child. We'll say that once you decide to take on the responsibility of a child, it's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are responsible for another life. It's like you, yes, you, you still need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You know, your wants and needs do matter. You can't take care of your, somebody else before you take care of yourself, but they are the priority because they completely rely on you. It's up to you to create that safe, consistent environment for them. Mm-hmm. But also, again, getting back to teaching them that yeah. they are capable of caring for themselves as well and, and teaching them how to do that. So they're ready and they're prepared when they are on their own. Autonomy is the goal, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be my catchphrase to my kids when they turn 16. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it also made me think about how important it is as clinicians for us to offer reframes, challenges, cognitive diffusion. I'm talking about all these uh, therapeutic interventions on how to change your perception about your parents or your relationship with your parents. Yes, unfortunately, there's a margin of people who are narcissistic in their parenting. It comes from somewhere. It may come from their own childhood experiences. It may come from the fact that they had the similar types of parents, which is where they learn these patterns of behavior. It may come from the stressors about being a parent. It may come from the stressors of being somebody who is a provider. It may come from a lot of different things. And you have every right in the world to have the feelings that you have in relation to your childhood, your upbringing, your development. Because like Anna was saying, a lot of what matters is how conscientious and consistent you are as a parent to help your child become much more autonomous in nature. And sometimes it's about learning how to take that perspective not just your own perspective, but incorporating the perspective of your parents, even though they may not share what their struggles were, the issues were, but trying to enhance your perspective taking by learning about what it is about this dynamic that can be hard, that can be difficult, that can be harrowing, so that you can come out of that dynamic of, man, I have really shitty narcissistic parents, and finding a way to, what's what's the phrase that they use? Post-traumatic growth. Yes. You're finding a way to achieve that concept, post-traumatic growth. And for those who doesn't, who don't know what that is, post-traumatic growth is realizing that, hey, I went through a really bad, shitty, traumatic experience. Yes, it changed me. Yes, it hurt me in maybe physical, emotional, mental ways. And somehow I was able to take that experience, learn from it, grow from it, and become an even more powerful, resilient person than I ever thought possible. It is not an easy feat to accomplish. And I am definitely not trying to absolve all of the bad parents out there who really engage in narcissism and hindered their child's, their children's growth. And it's something that is not your responsibility to do. You do not have to accept any wrongs that a person has done. This is just sometimes things that we do as clinicians so that we can help our clients, again, receive the growth, growth and nurturance that they're looking for. Because again, we have to juggle the roles that sometimes these parents don't really do that well in. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that you're getting at too is letting people know that they don't have to follow in their parents' steps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you're not going to become your parent. You can do something about it to kind of break the cycle. And also, I don't know if we've openly said it, but if you have a parent that was abusive, definitely there's nothing wrong with cutting contact. That is a whole thing that like people struggle with because society likes to, you always see those memes that like, oh, you're going to miss your mom when she's gone and things like that. 
for the people who's who have had abusive parents like abusive mothers or, or narcissistic parents it's like no let's not try to make those people feel bad about not wanting to have contact with someone who is mm-hmm. actively hurting them or you know was abusive in the past and that's what why we kind of wanted to take that route with this episode is like there's other people in your life that probably have had some sort of nurturing you know there are so many different routes you can take when it comes to healing and that's why i like the fact that the theme of this song is matriarchy because again that support is so much different than what you would get from a father it's similar and different and the reason why i wanted to speak to that specific point is because as clinicians we have to be very on top of things when it comes to how we conceptualize working with our clients our people whatever you want to call them and also help them to resolve things in a way that suits their life so if cutting somebody off out of your life that is toxic or dysfunctional as nature is what works for you, we're going to help you do that. If trying to process that relationship so you can redefine it and reclaim that dynamic, you can do that. If you want to continue learning how to maintain that relationship, we can help you do that and weigh the pros and cons of that. A lot of it, again, has to do with, again, providing the type of nurturance that you require, not necessarily that you need, but you require in life to function healthily. Yeah, it's it's a we we want to empower our clients like it's completely your decision on yeah. on what you want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Same as like forgiveness for example. It's yeah. always up to someone to decide when and how to forgive. It's not needs to be done immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I only have a few points for this song because you really articulated a lot of things very well. The funky upbeat tempo really stuck out to me when I first listened to it because like Anna was saying earlier, I wasn't sure what to expect from the song. So I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> what does this have to do with moms? I feel like I want to go to a like 80s dance club and just vibe, you know, just, just shake my shoulders a little bit. I like, I like the reframes and that's just kind of like changing the perspectives of how you look at certain things that the lyrics kind of provided. The two lyrics that stuck out to me the most from this were one, like you mentioned earlier, when love's a possession, it'll tear you apart. Because it made me think about relationships that either I've been in or ones that I've seen other people in and just noticed that sometimes the most difficult parts about being in those relationships were when you were trying to hold on to something that was dissipating. It sucks and it hurts and it can impair your self-esteem and self-confidence because you're trying to force something that isn't there anymore or was never there to begin with. And that's why it's so important that consistency And no matter what area of your life is important, if you don't have consistency, if you don't have that or it's not being provided from you, you find yourself running the risk of engaging in those, well, not engaging, but finding yourself falling into those different styles of attachment, whether it be fearful, avoidant, or anxious, or what's the, is there another, what's the other one? Is there another one? Am Am I forgetting one? Isn't it like neglectful or something? Isn't that? No, no, no. That's parenting no. style. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> well, it's, it's those three. Those three. Fearful, avoidance, and anxious. And not really being able to engage in what's called a secure attachment. And yeah, that's the component of a healthy relationship is if you are able to both move on and it's not the end of the world, you know? Yeah. Which I don't want to cut you off, but so when we were talking about moms, I always thought, because I've always been like super close to my mom. Mm-hmm. When I was little, I was like, we were like inseparable. It was even until high school. It's even when I was in high school, I would like wait by the back door, like to see her car come in. Because I, <laughs> I would like call her all the time when she's at work. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then like wait for her to get home. 
um, which is creepy now that I think about it. But I always thought that like, I'm so close to my mom. Like, I can't imagine like not seeing her every single day. And I think it wasn't until like I left for college when I realized I'm totally okay with this. And like, I didn't realize it then, obviously, because I didn't know anything about like attachment. But like now as an adult, I'm like, that was like the awakening moment where I was like, where I realized like, I have a secure attachment with my parents. I can be away from them and be okay but like then again Matt you know because I tell you like now when they come to visit and they stay for a couple days and then they leave I'm like in tears (laughs) because (laughs) the point that you brought up uh for the listeners if you do start googling and researching attachment styles they can switch up depending on the context and Anna's giving an example of that how yes she is a secure person overall in her relationships but because of hey we're adults. We are adults with responsibilities and we're still new at this. So sometimes having our parents around reminds us of, oh yeah, the good old times. And then when they go away, it's like, fuck, I got to be an adult again. Fuck this shit. Yeah. That's exactly how it feels. Like they're here, like doing everything and then they leave and then it's just like the uh, stillness of the empty house. And I'm just like, oh, it's just me again. <laughs> I can't do that. Why your husband and stepkids look at you like. <laughs> yeah, like now I have to feed everybody again and run this house. But yeah. but uh, shout out to my mom again, because if it wasn't for her, I would not know how to run this house. <laughs> she taught me everything that I know. With my attachment style, I can say that it probably varies too from secure to probably more so anxious. And I feel like that's because at least from where I grew up and also the environment I grew up in, there were worries that I had to sometimes carry in order to be secure and be safe, whether it was out at school, in the neighborhood, or sometimes even at home too. Nothing too big, nothing too drastic, but I feel like that's why I can have some empathy for parents who have maybe slight narcissistic tendencies, just because, again, it's hard to be a parent. It's hard to be one if you are young and you're bringing young kids into the world because you still haven't actually developed any maturation to realize that that things aren't about you. And also birth order is so important too, because I am the youngest in my family and there, of course is that whole, you know, spiel about how the youngest get all the nice, cool things and that's (laughs) not necessarily wrong. Sometimes though, you may run into a dynamic where while you're getting all the nice things, the parents are a little more hands off too. And sometimes that's a good thing because you get to explore and do new things, but it doesn't really provide you with security in the sense of, is this unconditional? Is this conditional? What am I doing here? Ah, So you have to kind of be able to be very mindful of that as a child. And of course, children are mindful about that. So they end up really feeling confused and worried and anxious and neurotic sometimes. Not me. Not me, though. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the youngest child, too, but also the only girl. Also, my brothers are way older than me. So it's kind of like it. Well, we both had that where Mm -hmm. we were both kind of like the only child situation. But as a girl, you don't get that what you were talking about, freedom. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a thing, especially, especially within Hispanic Latinx culture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my parents were like completely like still everything had to get like vetted by them up until like I got married. <laughs> <It was> like, 
because I didn't live with them. And then it's like, oh, they, they're still like, well, Anna, uh, we don't agree with you making this decision or that decision or whatever. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> but yes, yes, that point, that lyric in particular really stuck out to me. And the second one was, I won't be no prisoner of somebody's needs. Oh, I forgot about that, Matt. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> because again, when it comes to developing and a secure attachment with yourself and others, you have to be able to reconcile that, yes, your needs and wants are important, but nobody exists in this world to help you with your needs whatsoever. That has to come from you. Yes. Yes. Sometimes we can get caught up in either projecting that onto others or taking that on from others too, because they may have needs that they're not providing themselves with security on. And then let's say you are a secure person and you are like, you know what, fine, I'm going to give and give and give. And then you're realizing, shit, I'm not getting any reciprocity. So now you're anxious or now you become avoided because it's like, yeah, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to push you away. Then you become fearful and it's like, oh shit, what if she works up with me? And all this other stuff too. So you have to be very conscientious about how you decide to be in any relationship with somebody, whether it be platonic, romantic, occupational, and so forth. Because if you find yourself a prisoner of needs, you lose that sense of self. And boy, is that important. And who do you get that from for the most part? Your mama. Yeah, your mom. <laughs> your mom. Exactly. Yeah. We've said it before in other episodes where with relationships and especially marriages, your whole sense of happiness cannot come from your partner. It has to come from yourself. And that's, again, one of the greatest gifts I've gotten from my mom. I have always, my mom and dad have always had their own hobbies, their own things that they like to do. Like my dad really likes guns and like horses and He's got his own stuff. He he really likes music too, actually. Yeah. Um, and my mom likes music. She always uh, she's a very social person. She she likes to do a lot of different things. She likes baking. My dad likes cooking. Every they both. I've always noticed like they have their things. You know, their happiness is not completely relying on each other. And maybe that's why they're celebrating their forty fifth anniversary here because they have lives that exist outside of each other. But but also outside of me and my brothers, their happiness is not revolved upon us. You know, I mean, they love my niece, my baby niece, but she's adorable. But like, you know, that's not the entirety of their existence. And that's one of the best gifts I think I've gotten from my mom too, is to find my own ways to be happy. Must be nice. (laughs) To your point, me and a few other guy friends, we were talking about this on Another podcast that I do with them, the No Man Podcast, shout out to that one. We were talking about what it's like being a male raised by a woman, strong opinionated women. And we talked about how difficult that can be because once we hit adolescence, we have to reconcile again, autonomy or dependence. And with each of our moms, we talked about how they would often try to keep us either in the home, keep us within like certain rules or like guidelines about how to do things, what to do or what not to do. Kind of like what you were describing. They would vet everything that you would do, where you would go, he would bring home. They would try to do the same to us. And a part of what I think is the male rite of passage and become in terms of becoming a young male is going like, yeah, I'm t- it's time for me to stand up to you. Time for me to stand up to you, mom. Like, I care for you. I know that you have my best intentions and heart. 
but I need to learn how to be autonomous. I need to learn how to be independent. I need to actually go out into the world and experience things that may be scary, that may put me in danger, that may have me facing some troubles because then I learn responsibility. I learn ownership. I learn how to take accountability and I learn to stand on my own two feet. And it is a hard fight to sometimes engage in because again, if you are raised by a strong woman, she's gonna just come back at you. And then you have to stand firm. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, you brought up a good point because that's, so with my parents, it was more like of a cultural thing. So it was something I never really like 100% took seriously or respected. I was, I always followed out of respect. I was the type of kid, like high school, like I did not argue with my mom. We didn't have fights. We didn't have that high school teenage years period that did not exist. Mm -hmm. I was always just respectful and I always have been. But as I got older and wanted to start my own family, then it was like the pushback because then, and it's funny because I always tell my mom, I go, mom, you raised me. I'm like, you raised me. So you are arguing like with yourself right now. Like your <laughs> intensity is being matched by me. And I think we, we had one argument, like one big argument one time after she said something to my husband that I didn't like, or she did something I didn't like. And so we, we... <laughs> We went at it, like me and her went at it, like right away. And then, like now, she always like kind of makes a joke. She's like, "Oh, I texted him happy birthday. Is that okay?" And I'm like, um, <laughs> "Maybe, and maybe it's okay. Like, let me think about it." <laughs> and like, and she'll tell me like anything that she says to him because I'm like, "Oh, you, you know, well, you got it's got to be pre-approved, you know, because I run this house." And it's it's like funny to her, but it's like she knows that I, I'm exactly how she is. So, and. <laughs> It's, it's matched energy. <laughs> it, that, is a, that is funny because it makes me think like, yeah, when I wonder what moment did each of our parents go, fuck, I raised me and now they're coming at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but for me, I've always thought it was like a really good thing. I'm like, no, mom, this is good because I need to have this, you know, sense of independence and this sense of, and this leadership, the leadership skills that she taught me. I'm like, I need those to yeah. run a house. And so you gave me the skills that I need, but yeah, it's going to come back at you. (laughs) This week, I'm going to ask my parents that when did you know I was officially your child based off of something that I did that reminded me of you? (laughs) But yeah, that was it. Uh, Anna, again, already hit the point about how this song elicits motherly advice from one parent to their child in terms of ways that they can live their life, not necessarily to like, coddle them but let them know that hey this is an element or theme of life be very careful because I want you to succeed I also don't want you to be hurt yeah you got exactly like my thoughts for this on you you nailed it all right now it's time for the classic segment of actually no fuck we can't even say the classic segment because it's fucking Friday oh today is Friday <laughs> oh man this throws off our whole Cause now it is new music Friday. <laughs> Except I'm going to add a spin on the name. This is new music, not new music Friday. Yeah. New music, not new music Friday. It makes sense. Yeah. I like it. For this episode, we're going to give a spin on the recommendations because again, the theme is mother's day and I still have something I want to recommend personally. So for this episode, we are recommending songs that our moms love. And my song that I'm going to recommend is an interesting one. So back when I was a kid, 
I did go through that period of, uh, parents are weird <laughs> and awkward. More so with my mom than my dad, because my mom, she is very sociable. She likes to have fun. She likes to dance and just doesn't, she doesn't take herself seriously sometimes, which is cool. And I, I know I get that from her. And at the same time, it can be a bit annoying because when certain songs comes on the radio that she likes, she butchers the lyrics. And that <laughs> makes me cringe so much just because I'm, again, I'm really into music. I'm into I'm into artistry. I'm into just music overall. And just to see her like sing certain songs and the way that she does, it just irks me because it's like, that's not how the song goes. That's not what they're saying. You're just saying that, 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 that. And I was like, that's not the lyrics. So my song for her is going to be the song Trick Daddy, I'm a Thug. Is that a song that she often sings wrong? <laughs> when Yes, very much so. She That song's been out since I think like the early 2000s. Of course, she's not going to learn the lyrics. She doesn't have to. All she does is just like mumble along with beat. And the thing that really drives me crazy about why she likes it is because she always talks about how her generation's music is better than mine, which it is. But with this song, I don't, I get why you like it. I know it's just because of the beat. I know it's just because of how Trick Daddy sounds when he's rapping on the beat. But for somebody who judges the cursing and the lyrics and how they talk about women on the song, <laughs> you picked the wrong song to like. In reference to my generation, you want to like this song when this song is one of the most misogynistic songs that came out in the early 2000s. Okay, mom. I'll let you, I'll let you cook. You know, this is your song. This is why, this is why it's my recommendation for today. I, I get why you like it. And I don't get why you like it at the same time. That's funny. <laughs> That's all very funny. You can hear my aggravation right now. Like, yeah, my head. I know. And I like it. I like this because she sings the songs wrong too. That's <laughs> funny. I went a different route. I picked a song that my mom, my mom likes and she likes Diana Ross. She likes the Supremes. So I picked You Can't Hurry Love, classic song by the Supremes. But it's one that we used to listen to a lot together. And it's one that she, <laughs> so, sometimes she does, well, this is kind of embarrassing. Like if she's listening to a song and she thinks it has something to do with me, then she'll like repeat the lyrics to me. But like, be like, did you hear that, Anna? <laughs> like, did you hear that? <laughs> she likes to sing to me. She's still, if I don't feel good to this day, if I don't feel good, she'll sing that You Are My Sunshine yeah you know that song she still yeah. sings but uh you can't hurry love that was one that i remember her and i listening to a lot and her kind of like talking to me about because i just had i don't know i guess i had really struggled when like my early adulthood like early 20s mm -hmm. like just thinking that like oh this is i'm never gonna meet anybody like I'm going to be alone forever, which is like, you know, okay. Cause like being alone is fun, but you know, that like struggle in your early twenties when like everybody's dating and you're not <laughs> that, that sort of thing, just feeling like down. And so she would, we would listen to this song and she would just tell me like, Oh, you know, you have to wait and you'll find somebody good. And counter to my dad, who was just, Anna, the world is full of men. So you don't, to, you don't need to cry about one. <laughs> he's like, there are men all over the world. And I'm like, that's a good point, dad. And then he's also, he's like, you shouldn't be dating until you have a car and a house. And I was like, okay. 
I, I understand the car, but why the house? I don't know. He said I need to have my own car and my own house before I started dating. I only had one of those <laughs> when I got married. I had a car. <laughs> we picked out the house before I got married, but but the car is mine. <laughs> the crappy car is mine. I own that. So, <laughs> but so she. So I don't know. It's just a song that just really makes me think of her and. For this Mother's Day episode, though, I do want to give a shout out to my brother because my brother was like the third parent. And my parents have even acknowledged that. My dad said that the other day. He's like, you had three parents growing up. And my brother was very nurturing. He took care of me from the day I was born. He gave me bottles, changed my diapers, made sure I had food. When our parents were working a lot, double jobs and everything like that, he would make sure he he worked two jobs when he was in high school and he would bring home food for me and walk me to school and pick me up from school and in the summer take care of me and take me to whatever extracurriculars I wanted to do, which when you're a 16, 17 year old boy, probably not the most fun thing that you want to be doing with your summer just taking care of your little sister and making sure she has food and you know taking her everywhere so I don't know I just wanted to add him in as another sort of mother figure in my life and he continues to be because he took care of me when I was in grad school too like we took care of each other (laughs) I hope he appreciates being called a mother figure I don't, I don't think he could care. I think he he calls himself that. I think he knows that. Like we've acknowledged it so much. Respect. That is it. Yeah. I think we've acknowledged it so much throughout my life. Like there's even like when I was, was my baptism, I saw like an old home video of it and I was with both of my grandmothers and they were holding me. I didn't want my bottle and they were like trying to feed me and I was crying. And then my brother like eight years old, like runs by with a squirt gun, like chasing after my other brother. And he like pauses and looks at me. He's like, I eat your food. And I like immediately like silenced, <laughs> like stared at him. I was like, oh, I got to take this bottle now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the uh, same thing earlier. Of course, my sister would be my third parent, which Again, going with third jobs can be a very hard thing when you are a kid being the third parent, if you will. I can't say that our relationship was similar to you and your brothers. Me, I was the youngest. So again, there would be times where I got things that she didn't probably when, when she was younger and just went, what the fuck? <laughs> and then there would also be times where we would get into like arguments and fights where we shared the same room for like years. And of course, she's a teenager who's looking for more independence, more autonomy. And then here I am five years old, like, yeah, I want to use your nail polish to paint my Power Rangers to make them the actual Power Rangers I can't get. And (laughs) small little squabbles with that, hiding food (laughs) under my bed that I didn't want to take to the kitchen because I was lazy. And yeah, those fights helped to make us closer, helped me to develop such a unique respect for her. Because although she would try to tell me to do things that I didn't want to do, the fact that she tried to look out for me and help me discern right from wrong was something that I never forgot. And it helped me to develop a stronger relationship with her in terms of respect. So shout out to my sister. So it sounds like you guys had more like a little bit more of a sibling relationship then. My I've actually never seen my brother be jealous about anything because he was like right there with my parents trying to give me everything that he could as well. And he's still like that. Like he's still like that. And he's 
Well, okay, well, he was kind of like a little hoodlum in high school, and he used to steal, <laughs> he used to steal things from me, which was awesome. Well, I didn't really like realize when I was little. I was like, because my mom didn't want me to have Pokemon stuff for some reason, so he like stole these little like pen- pencil toppers of Pokemon, and he didn't give them to me, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. But yeah, he he's always been that like caretaker, like oh, do you have? When I was in college, you know, yeah. do you have food? Are you taken care of? Do you need, let's go out to eat. Let's go get groceries. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Like he's always, even if he's ever felt that way, he's never, ever, ever given me the inclination that he ever like had any harsh feelings about me having more than he did or anything like that. He's never given me, he's always been that like, just the same as my parents. I don't know, that unconditional positive regard and unconditional love. <laughs> yeah. I think it stems from her wanting a younger sister. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> you were not a girl. <laughs> Resentful. <laughs> there are two more recommendations I want to give. One is a song that I was considering for this episode, but decided against. It's uh, Lauren Hill's uh, To Zion, which is a tribute to the relationship she has with her son. Um, I wanted to recommend that out of respect for another maternal figure I have in my life. Uh, shout out to my former clinical supervisor and friend, Dorothy. And this one is a personal run that I have that has nothing to do with music. Cause again, the name of the show is your therapist playlist. So this is something I would add to a playlist of streaming shows I would watch. And the show was called That Damn Michael Che. It just premiered on HBO Max yesterday. Didn't even know about it. Saw it last night when I was waking up from my cat nap with my kittens, literally a cat nap. And the shit is funny. It's insightful. It's dark. I would recommend it if you were into comedians, sketch shows, and stand-up. Got anything else, Anna? No, I think I think we, I think that was a good conversation. We had a, Yay. Lot, we had a lot going on today. <laughs> we were worried that this is going to be a drab-ass episode because we've been going through some shit, and now we made it through with fire. Yeah, it was, it was, we did good. We did good, Matt. We pulled ourselves together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can find us on all of the platform streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Acast, Spotify. Where can they find us on the socials, Anna? Instagram and Facebook. Also on Instagram, I have our link tree posted. So if you follow us on Instagram and go to our Instagram page, uh, you can just click on our link tree and then you'll see our YouTube youtube matt we did not mention that our youtube account check that out we have our the video up of our last episode our episode with dennis caravello which is awesome yes uh, that was really fun so and we'll be posting um more episodes too we're still working on that uh we actually i don't remember this matt but we, we video recorded episode four yeah. So that so that's what's being worked on right now. And then we will add our Nicholas May artist interview as well to YouTube when, when we get to that. So check us out on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, YT underscore playlist. Yeah, YT underscore playlist. <laughs> Facebook, just your therapist playlist. Search us on there. And yeah. We have a Patreon. Eventually we'll start figuring out how to market that to you guys. So be on the lookout. Our next episode will be an interview with a longtime high school friend. Um, You will see who that is next time because I want to keep it a surprise. Also, we have to thank our lovely sponsor, TBD Coffee. Anna, take it away. 
Yes, TBD Coffee. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well. They should be posting about a new blend pretty soon here if they have not already. If you want to follow them, they they also have text updates you can sign up for. They have 15% off of all merchandise website-wide. Yes, yes, if you use our code, YTP15. That's all capitals. I don't know if it matters, but... I don't think um, so. Yeah, YTP15 to get 15% off on anything site-wide. Their coffee is sustainably grown, ethically sourced, freshly roasted once you place your order, and free shipping. And pretty soon, if you guys are interested, see me taste out the coffee first. Yeah, I really like the coffee that I've gotten from them so far. It's good. But Matt has the cool cup, which he's got to show off. So that's part of it. He's got to show off his color-changing cup. All right, guys. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to us. You can check us out in a few more weeks with our next Spotlight interview with hip-hop artist Insert Blank, because, again, keeping it a surprise. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Deuces. Deuces.